Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is England is Burning on an Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to all y'all that celebrate it. It is the 4th of April, 2021. This is your Chelsea weekly feature. And again, back with us today, we have Rob Pratley with the CFCW Social. He's the senior editor there. Rob, thank you for joining us today. And a happy Easter to you and all. Yeah, a very happy Easter to you too. And thank you for having me as usual. All right, Rob. Now, Rob, we, we've had some momentous occasions for Chelsea this this week that uh, that we want to go over. But the biggest thing, really, Rob, is the Champions League. Chelsea moves on with a rather convincing 3-0 second leg against Wolfsburg, 5-1 on aggregate. Chelsea fans, how do y'all feel at this point making it to the semifinals and making and i i'm calling this this video cast podcast today a new level achieved by by getting past wolfsburg so rob i how important i know what emma hayes has said about it and i'm going to get to that in a moment but but how big is this that chelsea's moved on to the semifinals against this against wolfsburg yeah i mean i have to say it's a big sort of um a really big result and i have to you know, first say that it shouldn't be underestimated what a side Wolfsburg are. I think, and I said this before, I think people were looking at this game a little bit as after Lord Mayor's show and sort of, you know, instantly writing predictions of Chelsea being in the semi-final and saying, you know, they're going to face Bayern. Wolfsburg were massively undervalued by people in this. They are a huge, huge team at this level um, and in women's football. And it was a momentous, momentous achievement to get past them. And it's something that, you know, the club has never done before. It was the club's biggest sort of, you know, over the two 90 minutes, it was the club's two biggest, I think, performances and results on the European stage so far. Yeah. And, you know, I, I looked at this, uh, at Emma Hayes' comments in the Guardian uh, after the, you know, after the match and, and, just, and it, she reportedly quote said that this was a bit, you know, a big day for women's football in England. Uh, her quote in here, it says, I don't think Europe has taken English football too seriously up until now that changes i think this probably ranks as my most favorite win in charge i faced that opponent so many times and i felt humiliated and lost and i always thought they were the benchmark for women's football alongside leon so Mm -hmm. it, it is a really really proud day for english football uh, and I think she went on to say, went on to say, I've waited nine years for today. That's a long time for this moment. So to, to think the players played with that level of control, discipline and assured nature as they carried out what I wanted them to do in its entirety. I cannot tell you how crucial we think those things matter and everybody does their job. Mm. And yeah, I have to say, you know, I'm as a Chelsea fan, I will happily admit that, and as I've said before, if we go up against the better side and we lose to a team where it's been the better side, I have no problems with that because that's how football works. Mm-hmm. However, what I have had an issue with in the past is that at times we haven't performed our best against Wolfsburg and haven't shown our best self. At times it's been, you know, humiliating to sort of see us completely outclassed on the European stage. And they haven't, even, at times they haven't even had to play very well. They've got a couple of goals up and, you know, we've crumbled. And I said after the first leg, it was sort of a big thing because it was the mentality and the weight off the neck of mm-hmm. finally having beaten this opponent. 
And you saw that, I think, on Wednesday because Chelsea approached it with a much more attacking game plan, mm-hmm. a much more offensive style. They were on the front foot. And to be honest, even before they scored, Wolfsburg did look rattled every time they went forward. There were a couple of chances they had options to get crosses in and sort of didn't quite pick the final ball. And as soon as that first goal went in, I mean, again, the penalty, I thought it was a, another poor decision. I thought the refereeing across mm-hmm. both legs was poor, as I've said sort of last week. Um and I thought, you know, it was a poor decision. It was clearly a foul. And I think that probably the argument to me was, was it a foul and then a red card for a denial of a clear goal-scoring opportunity? Which mm-hmm. I think is something you can debate because Sam mm-hmm. Kerr, obviously, from that position, I think she would argue it is. But ultimately, you know, player went down. There was definitely contact, so it was a foul. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Penela Harder, as soon as she sort of was stepping up against her former club, you sort of felt quite confident. She just has that aura in front of goal that she mm-hmm. seemed calm. And as soon as that sort of went in, I think, you know, at that point, Chelsea fans realised that, hang on, Wolfsburg needs sort of two here. And previously, they only needed one. And, you know, a 2-1 lead is a very dangerous lead going into any game. Because on one hand, if you keep it nil-nil, you go through. On the other hand, if you leak a goal, then suddenly, you know, you're back up against it and you need to start chasing it. Right. Um, And, you know, after that, they just sort of uh, took took control. I mean, again, I have to give credit to Jess Carter. I thought she was absolutely brilliant coming in. I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about the tactical decisions and the necessary tweaks. But, mm-hmm. you know, the second goal cross in from the right-hand side and Sam Kerr brought it down brilliantly. She's in such good form at this moment in time. It was her first Champions League goal of the, of the season, surprisingly. But just brought it down so well and finished it at the near post. And after that, I mean, not really much happened until Chelsea sort of scored the third. They just had the game completely under control. And it was in, it was so interesting to see Alex Pop. And I said in the first leg, Pop was starting to get frustrated. You could see it more and more in the second leg because the fans were being even more petulant, even more, mm-hmm. you know, just niggly. Um, and Chelsea, I think, were happy to play to that to a little bit because at the end of the day, if they're doing that, it means they're not getting goals. But it was the sort of thing we haven't seen Chelsea really do on the European stage. And this is where I think... Chelsea benefited from that Nelson experience that Manchester City didn't have because that was why they went 3-0 down in their first leg. And I think, you know, I think they played brilliantly in the second leg and ultimately did cause a real scare for Barcelona. Um, and if, you know, there'd been sort of different things on the day, they may have turned it round. But that third goal that they conceded in the first leg was poor game management. Across the 180 minutes of Chelsea, every single, you know, with the exception of maybe a 10-minute period, 20-minute period in the first half of the first leg when Chelsea looked a bit scared, the entire thing was just game management par excellence. And the third goal, I think, summed all of that up. So firstly, a terrific touch from Penelope Harder to break away. And then every pass is picked perfectly. The ball into G, I must admit, I thought she should have gone back across the other side to Harder, but she played it into Kirby just because she, you know, banked her and she's taken that. As soon as she took that touch in, you knew it was going to be a goal. You just knew it was ending up. You just didn't, you wondered how Fran was going to finish it because the mm-hmm. form she's sort of in at this moment in time. And to go and beat, you know, Wolfsburg team, 5-1 that, okay, even Leon didn't do that to them last year in the final, and albeit that was over mm-hmm. 90 minutes, but that was, you know, a game that was sort of had other sort of subplots to it as well. Um, to sort of do that, the magnitude of doing that is something that should reverberate through Europe and actually, you know, really announce Chelsea on the on the women's international stage. And I, I admit, I am rather a novice when it comes to my knowledge of, of, of women's Champions League and, and on, the, on the European stage, as you, as you say, and so forth. But going back and looking at it, this is, 
this is so momentous because given, as you mentioned before, the, the previous results that Chelsea had had against Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg went all the way to the final last year uh, and are one of the powers of European football, not only just in Germany, but but in European football period uh, over the over the last many years. Uh, and two things really surprised me. The one thing that really surprised me was maybe I shouldn't be too surprised about Chelsea. I'm so impressed mm-hmm. with them. I'm, I, I, I admit, Rob, I'm not the biggest fan of Chelsea out there, but mm-hmm. they're making me a fan because I'm really enjoying how this team is coming together. And case in point was this second leg because from a, from a tactical perspective, it was a surgical attack. And what I mean by that was is that it was so, as, as Emma mentioned in her comments, it was a very disciplined attack. It wasn't like an attack just to attack and just go full board. It was very surgical in its attacking strategy to try to try to just, you know, because I think that the purpose was, as Chelsea always seems to do, is try to get that first goal first. But they were they were careful about it. They weren't mm. haphazard about it. They weren't, you know, they knew that at any given moment, Wolfsburg is, they gave Wolfsburg the respect by saying like, okay, we cannot make a mistake, but we got to be on the front foot at the same time. And it was really well played out, uh, you know. Uh, that was a one thing that that really was like wow to me. The second thing that was wow was it just seemed like once once the first goal went in by Harder on that pen, that penalty, mm. then there was that miss on the other end two minutes later. That Ava Payol's yeah, I, I said at the time that that Ava Payol miss was a big one, and we were. I was particularly surprised because Ava Pyle was a brilliant, brilliant centre forward. And I, you know, right. When that when right. that sort of went against or went against Wolfsburg, went for Chelsea, I sort of said in our group in our group chat, you know, this might be our day. Because mm-hmm. if that had made it back to, you know, one one on the night, suddenly they only need one more and the momentum sort of really shifts. And then obviously moments later, Chelsea went up the other end and made sort of got the second. And suddenly Wolfsburg, you know, needed four because of mm-hmm. the nature of how the away goals rule sort of works. And this is where away goals can be, you know, a sort of boon to you if you're benefiting from them. Sure. And this is why it was so important in the first leg for Chelsea to, you know, although there was one away goal shipped, to not ship multiple away goals. Because as soon as you start, as soon as you, and you work out, if you can get it back to an even keel in the second leg, or in terms of away goals, then suddenly you're going two up every time you score, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that, you know, I... I have my own opinion on the away goals rule. And again, I think it's a something that in neutral stadiums, I think it's less, you know, important, it's less impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say have, you know, X number of fans behind you sort of cheering you on. But at the same time, you know, ultimately both sides played in the same stadium in the same conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they had equal chance to get the away goals. And the fact is they didn't. And, you know, combination of poor finishing, good defending, excellent goalkeeping. But the fact of the matter is in the second half, um, AKB didn't really have many saves to make in mm-hmm. what was in the second leg. Yeah, I really felt that, that once that miss happened in the 29th minute, I marked it down because I remember she kicks the 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 uh, post uh, mm. in frustration because she knew that was an open net. Mm. She knew that on a normal day, she would have probably put that behind in the back of the net and mm. she didn't. And I think mentally everything changed for both sides. Yeah. I think everything mm-hmm. changed for both sides at that point. And once then minutes later, Sam Kerr 
I mean, I that was absolutely brilliant. Her making that turn mm. and getting in position to to just be able to put the ball towards the net, let mm. alone get it into it, was you know just incredible and just shows mm. her absolute world class abilities right then and there. That point, you know, we got sixty more minutes plus here left, but the, but it was done. At mm. that point, Wolfsburg seemed mentally out of it because now they needed four. And that five minutes was just so pivotal, pivotal. Yeah. Is that a word? No, pivotal. pivotal. <laughs> you know, it's so pivotal towards mm. both, you know, this entire tie and really shows how far Chelsea actually have come. Mm. As, as I sort of said at the time, Wolfsburg are used to when they come up against Chelsea, sort of taking charge and Chelsea rolling over somewhat. And mm-hmm. in the first leg, that didn't really happen because they fought tooth and nail. And again, let's mm-hmm. not forget that Chelsea, during this tie, at no point were losing. That's right. the other thing to right. sort of, you know, mm-hmm. to be aware of. For all of Wolfsburg's domination, at no point were they losing. And as soon as sort of, you know, the, the two one ended up, I'd said at the end of the first leg, you know, you'll see the sort of, um, you know, the straps come off a little bit in the second leg. And I don't think, you know, if you'd asked any Chelsea fan before the game, that you're going to go, you know, up against Wolfsburg, up against this unbelievable side that have won this competition, you know, before and won multiple mm-hmm. sort of Frauen Bundesligas and win 3 0 and sort of completely control and dominate the game. And that was what really, I think, affected some of the Wolfsburg players because they're used to playing that mm-hmm. Chelsea side and having it all their own way. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And I have to, yeah, I have to give one particular, like, there's two particular things I think in the second leg that contributed to this. Number one was. Because in the first leg, Leila Erbedorf stuck to Pinilla harder like glue and mm-hmm. stopped harder really being able to dictate tempo. And once you get her going, even if she doesn't score, Harder's just a world-class footballer. Her ability to dictate tempo and move and, you know, when you've got Kirby and Kerr alongside of her, it's impossible to track all, you know, all three of them. And Harder is here, there and everywhere. The second one for me was the introduction of Aaron Cuthbert in the second leg. Because mm-hmm. I thought Cuthbert, you know, okay, there were the three goal scorers. Um, and there were other, you know, very credible performances from Charles and John Anderson. But I thought Cuthbert was pound for pound the best player on the pitch. Um, just absolutely everywhere. She's just such a, you know, vibrant energy and just relentless harrying and pressing. It was no surprise they returned to her in the first leg to mm-hmm. sort of see the game out and to help Chelsea see out when they needed to disrupt Wolfsburg's momentum. And it was absolutely no surprise to see her starting again. She's a terrific, terrific midfielder. Again, it's perhaps been a bit unlucky this season that the form of G, Ingle, uh, Ingle and uh, Leopold has sort of um, has meant that, you know, she hasn't started as many games as she probably should have. But every time she plays, she always, you know, is a big, big driving force. And this was no exception because she sat on that mid... She sat on pot, basically. Mm-hmm. Pot being able to be able to. And then at other points, she was sat on Svenja Hoop and just stop Svenja Hoot dictating the play. And this is where I think you get the difference between Chelsea and Manchester City's game, in that City in the first leg allowed Caroline Graham Hansen just to pull the strings. And I mm-hmm. thought you know, her performance was absolutely magnificent. I, kept, I was watching it as a neutral against the Manchester City team, and she made Manchester City's very good midfield look completely average, mm-hmm. by the way, dictating the tempo. And, get it. and Svenja Hoot was doing this in the first leg. And as soon as Erin Cuthbert came on, she stopped doing it. And Pop was the one who was starting to get forward more, but that was leaving more gaps. In the second leg, there wasn't a chance for either of them to do it. And it was just, you know, that, that level of performance of that discipline from a young player, because Erin is still fairly young, I think she's 24, 25. 
that level of discipline from a player as a fielder to, you know, perform a pretty, you know, not a very glamorous role, but such a crucial one was something that was so, so impressive. And that partly, again, speaks to, I think, the um, sort of now, the tactical nous and experience Chelsea have now got at this stage in the competition. Mm-hmm. And and that's the impressive thing because, you know, and everything this entire season for Chelsea has come, has built up to this point where, you know, it's just the constant work, the constant work in training, the constant, uh, you know, going with this, with the game plan, having a plan that, and, and working with it and tinkering with it and so forth, you know, has reached to this particular level. And all I've seen Chelsea all season, despite, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, hiccups here and there, hiccup moments, hiccup matches and so mm-hmm. forth. It's been a, it been an upward progression throughout the season to, to this point uh, to where I, I haven't seen Chelsea play any better, you know, in terms of, you know, tactically and with nuance and as Emma said, with discipline and so forth, than this match, they put it mm. all together at the moment where it ne- they needed it the most. Mm. From your standpoint, though, Rob, from a tactical standpoint, what did you think of how Chelsea opened this match to get them in the position to get those two goals in that for, in the first 35 minutes? Firstly, I will say I thought there were some really unfair comments being made on social media by a combination of Chelsea fans and other fans about Jess Carter playing. Um, mm. I saw these. Now, people should forget that Jess Carter, her debut was in a Champions League semi-final, her European debut. Mm-hmm. She's that was when she was eighteen. She's more than experienced enough to be able to play something like this. And okay, she didn't have a great game against Aston Villa, but you know she's a good player. She is a, a player at a top club, and ultimately we should be backing her to the hill. And I was so delighted to see her do really well. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it helped by the fact Chelsea had the rest of the regular back four intact or back five intact. But you know you had. Um, Anderson, who had a tough first leg, I think it'd be fair to say. And I think she was a lot more like her usual sort of disciplined self. Magdera is the Millie Bright, who, you know, you know my opinion on them, pound for pound. They're the best centre-backs in WSL, arguably some of the best in Europe. Um, and, you know, I think people are now starting to really realise that. And then, obviously, in front of that um, back four, they sort of Ingle uh, and Lurpols. And I was surprised to see Lurpols on the right, because I uh, on the right, because I thought she'd be on the left, as that tends to be where she's sort of played. But then I realised that because you had Cuthbert sort of out there, and Cuthbert and Liverpool's basically interchanged positions, and they just completely swamped that midfield area. And Chelsea, in many ways, ended up playing almost a bit like a um, sort of a five, z- a five, and then five, because mm-hmm. almost a five, yep. um, two, three at times. Absolutely. Ingle sort of sat just in front of that. Um, defensive line covering Carter and Anderson pushing up far enough to be a problem but not too far to leave space in behind and then Leopold's and Cuthbert just doing you know just being complete pests to be honest just being absolute mm-hmm. nuisance isn't one thing I will also say is I did like about both Leopold's and Cuthbert that they weren't afraid to give it back as well in terms mm-hmm. of the niggly little fouls in the north because I've always said that to be a top side as well as being really good on the ball you need to be you know Leon have not got to where they are in Europe are just constantly playing pretty football. They know how to be disruptive. They know how to break it up. And in the first leg, I think at times Chelsea were a bit, you know, passive in that regard in the first half. And it was good to actually see someone going out and being a bit disruptive and being a bit, you know, a bit tactical. And then Mm -hmm. sort of with 
Kirby and sort of harder, I suppose, in those floating roles that they sort of had. They were initially quite narrow with Sam Kerr, but that also gives them the ability to go wide. And when they go wide, you cause problems for the fullbacks, but you also have the centre-backs worrying about them cutting inside. And then that creates a lot of space for Kerr. And I did particularly like, and again, she got caught offside numerous times in the game, Sam Kerr, through doing that same arcing run in behind mm-hmm. the centre-backs. But the fact of the matter is the one time that it got off, she got in and they got the penalty. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, you know, if you've got a player that can do that, you don't mind them getting caught offside five times because at the end of the day, the number six, they're going to get the run right. Mm-hmm. And okay, the five offsides are frustrating, but number six, they're going to get the run right. And, you know, they're probably going to score. And as soon as that penalty sort of went in, I think Chelsea did what they needed to do. They stayed on the front foot. Okay, there was that Ava Powell chance, but Chelsea was still dominating possession. They were playing a lot higher up the pitch. Mm-hmm. This week, which I think was the big in, the big thing, was and they were being a lot more expressive and actually trying to you know pass it out. They did have that brief period after they scored, I think, in which they got a bit you know a bit nervous on the ball, and there were a few misplaced passes. But then again, I'm not going to pretend that Wolfsburg were sort of playing outright, were sort of you know playing perfect football themselves. I thought the first half was quite scrappy mm-hmm. in that regard, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Because I think if, you know, in the situation Chelsea were in, they can afford for it to be scrappy and, you know, bitty. Mm-hmm. Going through. And mm-hmm. it was up to Wolfsburg to, you know, take the impetus and take the front foot. And they never really did that. And obviously, sort of, you know, the second goal in, sort of, again, terrific goal from Kerr. What really impressed me about this one, actually, was the ball into Kerr and then the initial turn to move away. Because as well as getting away from the defender, it gave her momentum for when on and momentum on the ball to strike it. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult. I've always said it's you know keepers shouldn't be beaten at the near post, but mm-hmm. when a striker really catches it and really arrows it, and then Kerr of she did slip over while she was taking it because she caught it sort mm-hmm. of so sweetly in that regard. But she really arrowed it in, and as soon as you get it that low, it's very hard for a keeper. They've either got to try and block it with their legs, and a lot of keepers aren't very good at doing that. And there's also you know all sorts of gaps, and you've got a chance if it ricochets off the post, then it hits you. Or alternatively, you've got to get your body down and block it. And it's really hard to just react that instantly, especially because she would have seen it late with all of the other players in the box. And I think as soon as sort of that one, you saw the celebrations at that point and the reactions from both sides. And that was, you know, effectively game over. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already sort of spoken about the third goal, but I think, you know, to be honest, at that point, you could have called time because I, I was confident at that point, as soon as that second one went in, they said, you know, Wolfsburg now needs five, that... They weren't going to, you know, they may have got one or two, but they right. weren't going to get five without Chelsea hitting them at least once on the break. And I think Wolfsburg, in many ways, just sort of ran out of ideas. I mean, Shani's van der Sanden mm-hmm. came on, who's caused Chelsea a lot of problems before in the past with her direct pace and her direct running. And she never really got a chance to be direct. She sort mm-hmm. of hunted out wide, and I was a bit surprised at that. And then they sort of brought on um, your cab fee as well, and I was surprised your cab fee didn't play a bit more as Wolfsburg's top goal scorer this season. Um, and Payor sort of went off, and it was just a bit. It was just a very confused performance. And um, I spoke to sort of some of the Wolfsburg fans afterwards, and they sort of said it was. It felt like Stefan Lurch was almost um, sort of out coaching himself in the second half in trying to find a way back into it because he'd never sort of been put in this position before, mm-hmm. besides Leon in the cup final last year. And I think it's fair to say that in that cup final they disappointed overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of a bit of a repeat of that, whereas, you know, from a Chelsea perspective, sort of everything that could go right went right, really. Yeah, and it did, but I, but it went it went it went right, but also went according to plan. 
I mean, it went according to plan in, in, in terms of, you know, it, it it's so easy. This, I'm going to defend the Wolfsburg coach mm. in this case. It's easy to outthink yourself and try to outthink the room in a situation like this, because this was, as you mentioned, and, and obviously for Wolfsburg, there are very few situations where they ha- have to run into a situation like this. Mm. Uh, being down in a second leg is new territory. Uh, and, and so it, it, it's like, okay, it's easy to go away from what worked before. I mean, we all have a saying, or there's a saying, it's like, you know, dance with who brought you. Okay. Well, Wolfsburg would have been better served to go with keep trying the original plan, but mm-hmm. being down and then being down again was like, okay, panic stations. And then let's change the plan. Let's do something mm-hmm. totally unexpected um, in, in, in terms of personnel, tactics, strategy, and otherwise. And then they ran out of, they ran out of ideas, as you said, mm-hmm. they really did. And, but that, but because, the thing of it is, is why they ran out of ideas is because Chelsea had an answer to every single thing that Wolfsburg tried to do. Mm. Okay, you want to be, you know, uh, you want to be physical. Okay, we got players who can do that, and we'll play physical with you. We'll tactically do what we need to do physically against you to take you out of that zone. Mm. And then if you want to do this, we're going to do that, and we're going to respond. And then what we'll do is we'll do some, we'll just have our game plan we'll play it out emma did such an enormously great job tactically from the standpoint of keeping it fairly simple Mm. and not trying to outthink the room i think that's it's interesting you say that because i think that's the first that's one of the bigger interesting things about emma is the light has sort of gone on in the uwcl a little bit this season in that Mm -hmm. previously when chelsea have played wolfsburg and leon and other top sides they've perhaps tried to you know do something a bit different or sort of trying to make this sort of, you know, big tactical switch and change. And it hasn't worked. And it's that, you know, sometimes it is normality and simplicity is the best. I also think it also demonstrates, um, and I've, again, I will make no apologies for championing the quality of WSL. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, at least three or four times a season when they come up against Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, mm-hmm. have to, can be in situations where they will go a goal down they will go a situation, you know, down and they will sort of, you know, need to react or change something. Mm-hmm. Wolfsburg do it maybe once a season with Bayern or once or twice mm-hmm. a season with Bayern. Mm-hmm. And I think it showed because they didn't look like they had that, you know, that sort of mentality to suddenly switch on when the chips were down. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being a little bit unfair here on Wolfsburg. It should be important for us to reference that, you know, they are still a top, top side. And I'm not, you know, I will refuse to have anyone suggest to me otherwise that, you know, as people did after Chelsea beat Atletico Madrid, people saying, oh, you know, they're having a poor season and X, Y, Z. I will not accept excuses about this Wolfsburg side because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, to me, they were favourites before the tie. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people were telling me, you know, Chelsea are favourites and here's X, Y, Z. I was just sat thinking our record against Wolfsburg is terrible. You know, they've got the now, they've got the quality. Okay, we've still got Panella Harder. They've got people like Ava Payor, Rebecca Blancvis, um, Pop, other names that, you know, have been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And I was really, you know, I, I woke up on the day on Wednesday saying, I think they're going to win 1-0. And I thought it'd be a really scrappy game. And I thought, that you know, they would just score a scrappy goal, a late set piece or something, and Chelsea would throw everything at them and would sort of, you know, wouldn't get through. 
because they panic. And I have to, you know, give all credit to Chelsea or hold my hands up when I get mm-hmm. things wrong and say they massively overfall my expectations in that regard. And that's why nowadays I'm switching and saying, that actually, I think we will win it. Mm-hmm. I, I was so, I, 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 you know, like I said, I'm not the biggest Chelsea fan in the world, but they're making me a fan because of just how the quality of players that they have, but mm-hmm. then also being able to put it together like they did here against Wolfsburg, who is an excellent team. I, I, they're an excellent squad. They're absolutely excellent. The quality is all there and so forth. And to me, I didn't, I didn't have, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a clear favorite going into this tie between Chelsea and Wolfsburg. I knew both teams were great teams and I thought it would be a great tie, but I didn't expect to be five, one Chelsea on aggregate. No, in the I, end. I, I didn't expect did. that. I and it was, and and I think that when you talk about the the ripple effect the the all across Europe as to well you know how good Chelsea actually is that's the ripple effect. It wasn't like oh they just nicked the goal and they won you know on away goals rule or something like that three to two or something to that effect. No, it was five one. Basically, it was a TKO thirty two minutes into the second leg. Mm. <laughs> You know, that's basically what happened in the, you know, and Wolfsburg, as great as they are, didn't have an answer. They mm. didn't have an answer. And you, you saw, you saw it in the body language. You saw it in the tactical strategy. You know, I don't understand why any team in late March decides to change their tactics from something that they have done over and over and over and over repeatedly since the summer. Uh, or whatever training camp start, and then you decide, okay, with days, um, we're going to change our tactic and do something shocking. You know, I don't see, you know, that you may be able to get away with that, uh, you know, in other arenas and other situations, but here, no, uh, and not against this Chelsea side, not against this Chelsea side, um, and so forth. Any other uh, thoughts about this, you know, about this match, about this tie, you know, or, uh, I just have to. I just have to also say that you know, if we want evidence of Wolfsburg being a top side today, they bounce back and in some style beaten Bayern two 0 in the German Cup semi final, mm-hmm. and they won it quite comfortably. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I watched a bit of the game. Um, it was on at the same time as sort of Chelsea's um, match today, but I, I watched a bit of it, and they were you know incredibly impressive. So I will not have people you know, and they could still win from Bundesliga if Bayern mm-hmm. do. Sort yeah. of slip off. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that this is sort of you know a not a good Wolfsburg side. Okay, they may not be quite as all conquering as they were a few years ago, but ultimately that's the same. I think as Leon this year. I don't think Leon are as good a side as they were perhaps even 12 months ago. Um, and certainly you know Atletico Madrid aren't as good as they were 12 months ago. But at the same time, I think you know Chelsea are a much better um, mm-hmm. side. Uh, the only other thing I will finally sort of again, I did briefly touch on it earlier. Was uh, I thought Carter coming in um, at right back was a very good, very good performance, and it's you know mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible now for me as a Chelsea fan that they've got a situation where right back used to sort of be and fullback used to sort of be a bit of the problem position that we sort of mm-hmm. discussed about as fans in that you know on the left back you've got Jonna Anderson if she's injured you've got Hannah Blundell who can come in they're both very good at centre back that's now the problem position because there's Magda and Millie and then there's not really too much cover because Mayor and Miel's injured. But it used to be right back. I mean, you say, well, we've got Mayor and Mielda, but, you know, there's no real sort of cover behind that. And now 
Neem Charles has come out and looked excellent. Jess, mm-hmm. Car- uh, Jess Carter played and looked excellent. Hannah Blundell is excellent when she plays mm-hmm. right. So suddenly we've gone from this right-back crisis that was developing after the Gonzo Cup final to how do we fit all the right-backs in? Right. And, and, you know, I mean, you have to have, I mean, my philosophy is this, is that you, in order to get this far in, mm. in, in Europe and this far in the season, you have to have an enormous amount of depth. You can't have us, you know, you're starting 11 and have, you know, people that can't compete for the starting 11 slots behind, you know, in order to compete at this level. And, you know, in this way, and that's what Chelsea has built. So, you know, yeah, you lose, you know, top level right back, but then you got someone who's like, okay, you know, uh, if, if someone's one a, then you got a one B behind and maybe a one C that's how deep Chelsea is. And that's, that's why I see them, you know, going doing great things is because, you know, unless you lose half the squad and God forbid that'll never happen. Uh, you know, half the starters, you, you know, you still have, you know, backups and people that are just itching to prove themselves, itching to get out on the pitch and and do something for this team, for the badge, for, for everything uh, that, you know, you can just keep, you know, Chelsea can right now just like, okay, all right, we'll just put out who we need to put out and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll still stand a chance. Doesn't mean it'll guarantee a win. Doesn't mean you're going to, you know, take, you know, take home all the trophies when you do that. But, definitely have a better chance uh and so forth so um you know and that's the the personnel management that emma hayes has that that you got uh you know players who who normally wouldn't be starting be able to jump on and and do great stuff like you're Mm -hmm. like you're mentioning is another feather is another feather for her uh and and, uh all respect for that and I think personnel management is a great place to sort of move on to talk about the Birmingham. Absolutely, um, yes. Because uh, sort of, you know, Chelsea made a couple of um, changes to the starting 11 before the Birmingham game, but they brought in sort of Drew Spence, who um, hasn't started sort of uh, very frequently this season. Um, mm-hmm. Bethingham sort of uh, came back in. They were able, more crucially, I think later in the game, to make a lot more substitutions and make a lot more changes. Um, mm-hmm. And again, sort of talking through the Birmingham game, Chelsea started quite sluggishly, in all honesty, mm-hmm. um, against Birmingham. That was a bit of a surprise. Again, you often talk, people talk about the dreaded European hangover, and I, mm-hmm. I conform to it to some extent. But, you know, ultimately, top play, top teams and top players, you know, if they, when you win a big game in Europe in midweek, it should give you the adrenaline you need to get through. After the game on Sunday, you have the ability to be tired, um, but only until once, you know, the second game is through. Um but sort of, you know, Chelsea would a bit laboured early on, and then just that little bit of quality. Frank Herb, the little dribble inside, plays it into Aaron Cuthbert, who again took the effort early, and that's the thing I would emphasise on coming. So much she's done, you know, instinctively and off the cuff, and mm-hmm. took the effort early. Really good stop by Hampton to get it down low. But mm-hmm. Frank Herb, sort of, you know, when the shot was taken, she was behind the penalty spot. But the reactions as soon as it's taken, just to see it being spilled, and then to put it in from that angle was just unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. I, I thought she was going to put it into the side netting at first. And I was like, well, was a bit annoying. But then sort of it ended up in the sort of top corner. I was like, oh, well, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it just shows what level of form she's in at the minute. Everything touches turns to but, goal. But Rob, I, I, you know, it's really funny, though. And this is where I'm going to step in and get irritated with the commentators that I mm-hmm. saw. Because, <laughs> because you know, 
I, one of the commentators that I was watching this match went on and on and on about how Sam Kerr should be more clinical and finish her chances and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And that she had difficulty doing that, which is true. That mm-hmm. part is true. Yeah. Earlier in the season, she did have difficulty finishing her chances and converting goals and so forth. But, th- but this commentator went on and on and on. <laughs> and then when, when she, when I think she missed one later and then she's like, yeah, that's what I was talking about her, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gotta be kidding me she just made a a a shot that 99.6 percent of the people out there uh you know would have thought it ended up on the side of the net no it went in the net it went into it right yeah i was just like oh my god i cannot believe this you know and if you look at sam carr's statistics over the last you know three months you know in terms of goal conversion over the last three months versus the previous three months and there's like night and day and Mm -hmm. that's a striker strikers go through these spells yeah i just was like i was so like oh i can't believe that this commentator is going on and on and on about how sam kerr should be more clinical when she's having probably the best three months of clinical performance that she's yeah, had see, uh, at the end of the day again you know it, it turned into the sam kerr show because chelsea oh, yeah again, Ch- chelsea were a bit sort of slow they did give up one very good chance that i thought uh, mm-hmm. Claudia walker should have taken i think that was a bit of the you know Wake up call for mm-hmm. them. Um, again, Cuthbert down the left hand side. As you can see, Aaron Cuthbert being energetic was a theme in this cross in terrific cross and harder. Really unlucky with the header, to be fair. Hampton reacted as you'd expect a keeper to do, and again, it came off the bar. But because mm-hmm. of the way the nature of the way she reacted, it meant she was completely exposed. And I did love the fact that Kerr, you know, she just instinctively saw it right and she just rose above the two defenders. Now, I was a little mm-hmm. disappointed from a neutral point of view and from a Birmingham point of view uh, the way the defenders just let her rise up and nod it into the empty net because right. that you know was a bit of a okay you might you might put your head in there and get you know a clattering from Kerr but you could have at least stopped it mm-hmm. going in I suppose the argument mm-hmm. might have been you could have given away a penalty but regardless um and then you know a couple of minutes later Cuthbert sort of winning a free kick on the or a free kick on the right hand side from Cuthbert terrific delivery just inch perfect begging to be headed home and curb, you know, leaping like a salmon just to head it past Hampton, completely exposed. And at that point, I, th- I sort of said, oh, I'm right. you know, this is the almost the perfect situation to be in after the UCL game. Let's see, you know, a lot of changes at halftime. So naturally, Emma only made one and it wasn't the one I expected. Right. But it sort of highlights the depth in the, the mm-hmm. squad. Um, Beth England sort of uh, coming on, which was really good to see her back from her head injury, because she's been, I think she's probably the one I'd say has been desperately unlucky in the last couple of weeks to have not played a part in any of these sort of recent UWCL ties. And I think she's been vitally important towards the business end of the season, because she does offer something very different and is an excellent centre forward. Um, mm-hmm. And it's perhaps a little bit, you know, the fact she's got Sam Kerr in front of her at this moment in time, um, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's unlucky for a striker because England's a really good player. And she showed that because, you know, lovely little link up with Frank Kirby, pulls it back and Kirby just, Kirby steers it into the net, and of course, why wouldn't she? And then the next goal, this was the one that really pleased me, because this is I like the simple football. Sim- football is mm-hmm. a simple game, passing and moving, just pass, 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 mm-hmm. all back to right, and then swept it home. And that was one that really pleased me, because even at 4-0 up, they still had, you know, Birmingham, I don't think at any point you've ever accused Birmingham of downing tools in the game. And mm-hmm. I think it was just a case of them being beaten by a better side. And this mm-hmm. was just, an, you know, a, def- a strong defensive line is nothing when the ball is just passed ping, ping, ping around you and squared right. in, there's a simple finish. And that's ultimately, you know, what the case was here. 
And then Chelsea made a, you know another raft of substitutions. They brought Hannah Blundell sort of on. They were able to rest sort of key players. I think even Sam Kerr briefly got a rest for a little mm-hmm. while. Um, Neem Charles seemed to end up up front at one point, which was an interesting, uh, you know, tactical innovation. But sort of the game was sort of being seen out. But Chelsea always sort of had that threat still. And I think mm-hmm. they were content, you know, see it out. But obviously, I, I say content for that in injury time. Beth England with the knockdown. Fran Kirby just sort of motored away. She had an option to pass it to Neem Charles. I think, you know, Charles made the run and one player went to, let's be honest, at no point ever was Fran Kirby passing that. And just, you know, trundled it into the corner and then as easy as you like. She made a very difficult finish look abs- absurdly easy. And that's the mark of a top player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, I know you love a good stat. So I'll give you a good stat right now. If you just give me one moment. So I'll first ask you, to the nearest 10, how many combined goals and assists do you think Kirby, Harder and Kerr have this season in total? Kirby, Harder and, and uh, For goals Kerr. and assists. To the nearest ten. I'm goals and assist. Okay. Yeah. Eighty. Yeah, close. You're on. Uh, it's actually ninety. They're now on to eighty-eight goals and assists for Harder, Kirby, and Kerr. Which Sam right. has twenty-three goals and nine assists. Vanilla Harder has fourteen goals and four assists, and Frank Kirby has twenty-one goals and seventeen assists. Which uh, is just absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. And then, um, if we decided, you know, to throw in uh, Gura Wright and then Beth England into the mix to complete sort of the full mm-hmm. attacking lineup, as per se, uh, you can add a further sixteen to the list for Gura Wright and a nineteen to the list for Beth England, which right. takes them to one hundred and twenty-one, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, from five players, they've contributed to one hundred and twenty-one goals this season. Um, and yeah, it's just absolutely, it's just pretty nuts, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I, I, we reached 100 plus goals in all competitions, um, uh, mm-hmm. sort of day, which was sort of, you know, just in again, ridiculous. I think it was 100 plus goals in WSL. Um, right. Just absolutely, yeah. absolutely nuts. And yeah, and they're just a play, they're just a pleasure to watch at the minute. I, again, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you have any sort of male football fans listening to but but if you are a male sort of Chelsea fan, um, I implore you do just you know watch Chelsea women and just see how how good they are at times. It's just honestly a joy to watch. And considering how awful Chelsea men were yesterday at lunchtime, I mean, I'm not going to go into that right now. But um, this, yeah, I have to say, I did that's enjoy, another show. Two goals scored in extra time. I did much prefer the two today than in the in yesterday and the one scored in the 90th minute. But no, they're just you know an absolute joy to watch. And it considering I'm one of the fans that has seen. You know, some pretty awful Chelsea women performances. I've seen us, you know, get smacked 5 0 at Wheat Chief Park by Arsenal. I've seen us sort of get absolutely dumped out of the Conti Cup by sort of um, by the uh, London City Bees and some right. of the, you know, awful performances. It does mean an awful lot to me to see them playing so well and also to have such a wonderful group of players. That's the big thing I would like to stress is that this is a Chelsea squad that as well as together on the pitch, they're off the pitch. And I was lucky enough recently to interview one of the members of the squad. It'll be coming out soon on CSW Social. But they sort of said, especially in the last year with COVID, they, a lot of them have had to become sort of family to one another. Mm-hmm. And it's been so easy to do it because of the nature of, you know, what a sort of um, tight-knit group they've got there. Yeah, it, this is, yeah, I mean, 
that's why I keep telling everyone when they watch watch this video cast and listen to this podcast is like uh, share with someone who you know if you like what you see share this if you like what you hear share this because because there is not another team out there in English football you know men or women that is like this Chelsea team this Chelsea team is a machine. I mean, there. I mean, and I say that in a very good way. I mean that not pejoratively at all. They are technically sound, tactically sound. They work together like mm-hmm. you know, like anything that I've I've ever seen, regardless of, of team, gender, country, or otherwise. This is a great team that is coming together uh, from a mental standpoint, a physical standpoint, a tactical standpoint coming together right now at the right time. There mm. has never been a time in this season uh, that you've seen anything better than what you see in this Chelsea squad to, you know, today, what you saw this week. And they're only getting stronger with confidence. And I mean, I cannot imagine the boost of confidence those last few weeks have been, uh, you know, for this squad and particularly this, this past two weeks, getting over this major level with Wolfsburg, going to the semifinal against Bayern. Yes. Is Bayern Munich going to be a massive test? Absolutely. No doubt about it. But I think they go into it with like, wow, we, we did it. Mm. The, the teamwork I've seen, the togetherness that I've seen on, at least on the pitch, you, you get it from, you've seen it from a much closer perspective, obviously, Rob, but, I mean, it's it's really amazing to watch. I implore, even if you have no have had no interest in Chelsea whatsoever, and I'll, I'll hand to whoever out there is like, I did not. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Chelsea. Okay, all right. But then I'm 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 hooked watching this squad. I I, I just love the squad so much and watching them uh, get through. And and um, as a neutral. Um, is a great squad and Emma Hayes is a great, great manager, great coach, uh, great personnel manager, everything tactically keeps it uh, within the level of what her team can do. Uh, and the team is flexible enough to do it. So it, it's incredible going forward. Now we have an international break, right? So what's next for Chelsea coming up in, in uh, with this break, international break coming up and what, what happens after that? So, I mean, there's a number of players off on um, the international break. The only one I've seen pull out is uh I believe uh, Meli Lurpols, I think, has pulled mm-hmm. has pulled out. Um, but after that, there's a there would be a women's FA Cup game against London City, right? Um, mm-hmm. But there was some debate about whether that was going to happen. Um, I can't remember exactly why, but there was some mm-hmm. debate as to whether that was going to go ahead. Um, I'm, you know, I'll try and find out. And then after that, it's um, Bayern on the 24th of April. So. Uh, there's currently, again, this shows where the scheduling needs updating. There's currently the small matter of playing Bayern on the 24th of April and then Manchester City on the 25th, which right. <laughs> I can safely say will not be happening. But again, it does now mean that there is that. Well, that'll uh, be a test. Russell, <laughs> that'll be a test for Chelsea. To, that to interesting play this between Chelsea and City is now going to be unfortunately delayed. And it wouldn't surprise me now to see that ending up right before possibly sandwiched in between that Chelsea Tottenham. Um, game. And again, that Spurs game is going to need to be moved at the moment. Chelsea mm-hmm. playing Bayern. Although, to be honest, it's Tottenham. We could probably get a full afford to play them a day later because they're not very good. Um, mm-hmm. So I just had to get a good dig in for Spurs, Spurs fans. So. Um, oh, come uh, so on. You're going to hit you know, them while they're down. Jeez, man. Uh, I just, <laughs> Tottenham. They're one of the few sides I will happily take pleasure in doing that. So. Okay. Um, but it's a uh, 
yeah, it, it's a tough, it's a tough sort of run. And again, there are effectively mm. sort of, you know six cup finals left. The game against London City hopefully will be a chance for some of the you know younger players in the squad to get a chance. It'd be really good mm. to see people like Aggie Beaver Jones, Georgia Fox, and Emily Orman get a chance also to you know rotate the squad um, mm. ahead of the big game against Bayern, which you know is it is the, on the twenty fourth. And again, I urge as many sort of Chelsea fans as you can support the. Um, women in that by and our team we have beaten before in this competition um rather famously on penalties and you know chelsea against Bayern on penalties where have we heard that before um mm-hmm. but it's a yeah it's a it's going to be a really interesting final few sort of you know weeks and it is possible that this is going to end up as the best season in any in footballing history at chelsea because it's quite yes. possible we're going to end up with a treble um yes and mm-hmm. you know that's hugely hugely exciting and credit to everyone that I'd like to just sort of finish and say that, you know, there are players in that dressing room still that um, would have sat and listened to Emma Hayes after we got drubbed last time by Wolfsburg. There are players in that dressing room that have seen us lose in the last minute to Leon in the cup. There are players in that dressing room that have seen us, you know, see the title slip away on the final day. Mm-hmm. And you can bet every single one of them will be doing their utmost to ensure that, you know, this season goes the other way and it becomes, you know, something that is truly, truly special. Yeah. And, and it feels that way. I mean, you, you know, it's like as a neutral to all this, you know, without a, a, any animal or four-legged creature in the fight, as they say, uh, there is something special about this team. Uh, there really is. And it's one of those things that you can't really put words to it, but you you know it when you see it. And on Wednesday, this past week, I saw it. I saw it even again today, even though it's a rotated squad and so forth. I saw the little tactical tweaks to fit into what Birmingham was going to do. Birmingham was, you know, kind of did a low block, was very, very narrow. Okay, well, you know what? This is what we're going to do instead. We're just going to, as you mentioned earlier, pass it around the block. All over and over again, not make any any critical errors and so forth. And then we're just going to break you down eventually. And that's what happened. I mean, this is a very special kind of, this is a special team and um, it's a wonderful run. And, you know, I, I again, I, I'm going to definitely second what you say. And it's like, even if you're not a fan of Chelsea, if you're a fan of football, period, this is a great team to watch. It's a great watch, no doubt. And the weeks that are coming up with these, with the Champions League and with the with a you know match against Manchester City coming up, there it's going to be an incredible watch. Uh, and yeah, they are on the verge of, of a trouble. And you know, if you think about it, stretch it into next season, you got a quadruple scenario with the FA, uh, with the FA Cup, and you know, further down the line later on in the year. So this is a special squad, really yeah. is. So with that note, I, we're going to go ahead. One final thing. I'd also like to say congratulations to Leicester women on the clinching um, the WSL Thank Champions you for League. mentioning that. I was going to mention um, that at the open, but thank you for bringing I, I, that up. Congrats for that. They played great football again. They've got a great, terrific bunch of fans. The club mm-hmm. deserve all praise for investment at both sides on the men and women's side. And we look forward to welcoming them next year, Kings Meadow. And it will be look, one of the away trips I do sort of, you know, look at next year. Yes, congratulations to Leicester City on that, uh, winning the championship uh, and so forth, clinching that, getting the promotion into the FAWSL. And I hope I'm gonna I'm gonna track somebody down from uh, for Leicester uh, to to bring them on the show to talk about them coming into the coming into the league. So um, you know, coming up hopefully soon. But uh, in closing, um, this is it for Easter Sunday tomorrow. 
we will have Mark come on with the Barney <laughs> Army to talk about Manchester United ladies uh, in their match today. A really tough one to watch. We Please ask them about the geese. Yeah, tough one. That was a tough one. Um, and then we'll have Emma on from the Man City Women fan cast talking about the, their match against Tottenham at, uh, at Tottenham. Uh, I, I'm, I guess, Rob, you enjoyed Tottenham losing to uh, Manchester City. I, you know, it was gonna, let's face it. I, when I look at teams that might have done this a favor in the last couple of weeks, I was thinking Everton might. Reading got very close. I saw Spurs and they thought, oh, you know, they're walloping them. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, um, yeah, it, it looked like Tottenham really didn't have much of a chance in that one. But we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk to Emma about the, the game against Barcelona uh, and also the game against Tottenham uh, and so forth. And we'll have Josh back coming up on Tuesday to talk about Arsenal. Arsenal now in third place in that Champions League spot, as he predicted many, many months ago. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. He said, "No, we're going to make it. We're going to get to." Oh, I, I, no, I, yeah. I would also as one further thing. I also please ask him about how it's going to feel when Sam Kerr takes the golden boot from Viv tomorrow on the final weekend. Yeah, I try. I, 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 you know what? You know what, Rob? I, I have tried to. Uh, get him ready for that. Uh, and I, you know, I asked him. You know, I asked him last Tuesday. I said, "Is Vivian Miedema the best? You know, the best uh, striker in the in the WSL?" And of course, he said yes. And I said, and then I was like, I pressed him a little bit further. Is she going to win the Golden Boot? And he, he said yes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay, it would be, be guys- very interesting if it gets to the final day. Actually, if um, mm-hmm. Chelsea, I think, play a Reading side that by that point will be. I hate to use the phrase, but on the beach. Um, right, right. And if they mm-hmm. know that, you know, it's a case of that they just need to outdo City's scoreline, it'll be very interesting to see how much of it becomes just getting the goals and how much of it will then turn into personal sort mm-hmm. of you know, golden boot races. Because I yeah. think someone, I think Kerr will definitely fancy taking it away from me tomorrow this year. Probably. I, 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 matter of fact, you know what? I have no doubt about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> both are going to want it. They definitely want to want to take that take that uh, trophy home. But uh, but yeah, that'll be epic if it comes down to it that way. So uh, so we have that coming up this week. We do have the international break, so we'll see what the programming looks like for next week. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So in closing, everybody. Have a happy Easter to everyone who celebrates it out there. Uh, have a great Sunday for everyone out there. And remember that the light is there. Please acknowledge it. Please let it embrace you. Also acknowledge, unfortunately, I've had it impact me personally recently, and I know some many other people have as well, that the darkness is out there. You got to acknowledge it, but do not let it ever hug you under any circumstance. But if it tries, if it does, please get help for yourself. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. And England is burning, is out for Sunday. We will see you on a big, massive Monday tomorrow.